Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Asylum. And now. Your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Network, on Blog Talk Radio, and on AsylumFantasySports.com. We are Flieger and Briggs. Welcome back to the Asylum. Drop us a line. AsylumFootball at gmail.com. AsylumFantasySports at gmail.com. Join the conversation tonight, 646-478-4679. We'll take your calls anytime you feel like calling. Rick, before we get into the meat of the show, and when we get into the show, we're going to do some uh, pitfalls, some things to watch out for in your draft. I think we could sit here and analyze individual players to death. I need a couple more preseason games before I feel real confident about anything. Well, one thing I do feel confident about, and we'll get into all of that later. Can you do me a favor? Yeah. A small favor. Yeah. Change the Twitter password and don't tell me what it is. I got to get off Twitter. Oh, no. I, I would can't. never do that. It's it's part of my... I can't take it anymore. No, you do it. You're the Twitter guy. I have just recently got involved after all the mockery from you and from the Asylumites out there. I don't tweet enough. I remember why now. I can't take these donkeys out there anymore. I can't do it. The righteous indignation, the the sheer arrogance of people when you, you can hide behind the, the tweeters. I'm absolutely at the end of my road. I've been in like three Twitter fights in the last week and a half. I don't have the time nor the inclination to keep doing this, Rick. I can't take it anymore. I know, but see, it, it's fun for me. To watch you start getting rude, and I like it. <laughs> well, I, I'm always rude. That's the point. And here's the thing. You, you can't be rude, or then anything you have to say is just dismissed. You have to be this mamby-pamby soft guy. <laughs> oh, now you're stealing my word. Right, it is. <laughs> and, and, and you're right, You know, and I hate admitting that. This world sucks now. The, the people out there suck now. And they think they can just say anything they want. And then if you disagree or offer even a varying opinion, you're somehow taking away their constitutional right to say whatever dumbass thing they want to say and how dare you disagree with it when their entire point of putting the tweet out there was to bait guys like me to come in and yell at you, and then I'm an a-hole for yelling at you. I don't understand it. I can't take it anymore, Rick. I'm out on the tweeters. <laughs> the official Asylum Twitter is now only Rick Briggs. Maybe I'll hand off to Cole my portion of it. I'm out. Oh, come on now. You know, that's just being, you're just letting them beat you. I don't have the personality for it, Rick. You, the, the look, one, the, look, look, go look, ahead. You don't have a personality. That's a fair point. Okay. I'll, I'll give you that. So, I mean, don't worry about it. You know, just be you. Get mad. Get angry and do all that other fun stuff. It's great. But you can't do anything about it. You're just going back and forth. Here's the fight I'm having today. This conversation had nothing to do with me. That's what's ridiculous about it. I don't know these people. They weren't talking to me. But you can see everybody's dumbass stuff out there. And so some guy, he's selling them fantasy championship belts that our, our boy Dennis Farrell likes to carry around Canton like he's Hulk Hogan, which I always take great amusement out of. He's even got the <laughs> strut and his nose up in the air. Check out his videos on his website. I'm sure it's all over just him strutting around with That's that belt great, over his shoulder. Well, some other dude's selling them, and he just gets attacked by this nerd Nick Fantasy guy, calling him misogynistic, and he's disappointed that he would, you know, advertise for a company that does this to women. And here they got, like, these hot babes in bikinis and their hind ends hanging out, selling these things. 
And the conversation goes from he's disappointed. Other guys said, well, this is pretty common. This is what these girls choose to do. And it's been equated to me to slavery, to, you know, Islam. You know, in the real world, we'd have a little back and forth. He gets snooty with me like he did. And then I grab him by the damn collar and say, go ahead, say misogyny one more time. I dare you. Say it. I dare you. You can't do that on Twitter. And I did, there's no end to it. Yeah, I got in a fight this one guy I hate, Rick, and I want to get rid of him, and you won't let me do it, and you won't let me call him out on the air. I spent three days arguing with this jerk as he decided, and I know he was just trolling, and I bit right into it, that Jerome Bettis doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. And every time I would give a argument, he would hit me with a number. So then every time I gave him a number to counter that, he'd give me a philosophical argument. And this went back and forth for three days. I know, it was fun. Same thing, in, the re- in a bar, I'd have smacked him across the ear an hour and a half into it, and I'd have had some closure. There's no closure on Twitter. It's just <laughs> dicks being dicks, and I can't take it anymore. You're an angry little elf, aren't you? <laughs> it fires me up, Ray. I, did, I absolutely can't take it. Cheer, uh, Steve Smith was asked if he liked... Um, uh, the joint practices, since you know the Ravens were having a joint practice with the Eagles, and uh, he was asked if he enjoyed the joint practices. Oh, I'm sure Steve he Smith was, said he was happy to be there. Quoting Steve Smith, "No, I'd rather be at home." <laughs> okay, because you asked me my opinion, I'd rather be home. Today is my wife's birthday, so I'm not at home. I'm out here doing this bowl, and you can fill in the blanks, and I'm missing my wife's birthday. That's my honest opinion. I'd rather be at home singing happy birthday to my wife, but I'm out here getting questions to assess a rookie corner. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> well, guess what? It's your job. It's your job. It's what you do. You know, I go to work on my worth, work, wife's birthday. That's true. Um, well, I think his point is he didn't get to come home. You know, one thing well, where I will go ahead. I go to work on my wife's birthday. I right. don't make... However many millions of dollars. That's true. You know, and, and you only make like one or two million. You don't got Steve Smith money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't just have, you know, in, I don't know, what is it, February, March, April, May, you know, basically four months off either. True. Well, he probably didn't either. Well, I'm sure he worked out and everything right. in his personal gym and his personal home, which is a well, lot bigger than mine. That's true. I don't feel sorry for him. No, no. Where I will agree, I don't think I'm agreeing, agreeing with Steve Smith because this wasn't his point. These joint practices are absurd. and I don't know why these teams do it. You had the big brawl between the Texas and the Redskins. It was laid out on hard knocks. There was just one between Dallas and St. Louis. There was one with Baltimore and Philadelphia. That's all these things turn into. You take these teams out there. They're sick of hitting each other. You put them in this scenario. you got rookies trying to make names for themselves. I think Des Bryant got clocked and put on his backside again in this preseason. I don't know why they keep doing these joint camps because it doesn't work. If you want to fight, just meet them in the street somewhere, duke it out, and everybody can go home. Steve Smith can have some birthday cake, and we can practice again in the morning. I'm – in agreement there, I think joint practices are basically nothing more than a way to get teams together for more preseason stuff. It's another preseason game. And it just brings more attention to them, more media coverage, and, of course, the NFL, of course, benefits from all right. of this stuff. And it's a way of getting around. I agree. No, that part of it, I agree. There's no doubt. But just, you know, if he said, I don't like the joint practices – you know, we play too many preseason games as it is, this kind of thing. No problem. Right. But just say, I don't want to be there. I'd rather be at home singing. Well, who wouldn't? <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, I don't, you know, who'd want to get hit with a 250 pound guy, you know, and get knocked flat in your back or sit and eat cake and ice cream? I do like cake. Yeah. I, I, I like ice cream. So, that. you know. So, so, so that'll work out. I mean, that's my point. All right, Rick, before we move on to the news of the day, we got Kelvin Benjamin, we got LaShawn McCoy, we've got our draft pitfalls. Speaking of Twitter fights, you got in a bit of one yesterday, and I kind of wanted to discuss this amongst us. All right. Because you seem passionate about it. I'm just, to me, it's just matter of fact. I am, you know, I mean, you take my, you take my uh, uh, saying from me, but I am really sick of all this mamby-pamby stuff. 
you know, making a big deal because James Harrison didn't like his kids getting participation trophies. <laughs> well, Mr. Harrison. Ooh, the, the rare applause from Rick Briggs. You know, showing up isn't nothing special. You shouldn't get a trophy because you showed up. I mean, it's it's kind of like a job. Just because you show up, don't you get a paycheck. You, have, you actually have to do something. That's fair. And the whole idea of – and, you know, I, I got into these tweets. You got these tweets. Well, you know, the winning isn't everything. Well, no, it's not. When you do lose, you should lose graciously, shake the guy's hand, go back to work so you can improve. It's not – Oh, well, it's okay that you lost. Here's your trophy. I mean, I don't, you know, earn the trophy. If if you get a trophy for everything, what's the point in competing? What's the point in keeping score? What's the point in keeping wins and losses? What is the point of trying to improve yourself? There is none. I agree. If you Oh, here Rick, you showed up for the broadcast. Here you go. Here's a trophy. You ought, to get, you ought to get me a damn trophy. Yeah. Well, I give it to Cole. Sorry. Oh, damn that Cole. Man. He, no, but he you, bungles everything up and gets all the accolade. All the chips love him. And then they start assailing, you know, uh, if you coached youth football, <laughs> you would know that. Well, guess what, Bob? I did years ago, okay? Yeah. And I don't care. You know, you practice to get better and to win. Right. All right? Simple as that. My take Quite frankly, I don't care either way. I think a lot of it is what the participation trophy is symbolic of. If there's a winner who gets a big trophy and everybody gets a stupid ribbon or something or a T-shirt for participating, especially when you're talking about six-year-olds, eight-year-olds, I don't care. Six-year-olds is fine. Yeah, I, I mean, don't that's care. not what I'm talking right, about. Right. It, but that's where... I'm talking about getting into high school sports, right. you know, junior well, that, high, high school. That's different. All right. I mean, and, and everybody always brings up the little kids. Yeah. yeah, the little tykes. I don't you care. Know, you know, yeah, give them a little ribbon to keep their interest up or something. I mean, because they're like you are. I mean, they're running around. Oh, a butterfly, and they're yeah, gone. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, it happens. Well, sure. You know, I don't care about this. goes back to my rant a few minutes ago about Twitter. I was reading your tweets, and I... I was able to hold off of that one because you were doing well and I didn't want to jump in and step on your toes. Where my issue becomes is the discussion of whether or not you give them participation trophies, I don't care. I I really don't. I think it's dumb, personally. I really do. I don't think the kids care about it. The kids like it for a day or two. My daughter, she's played basketball. She's playing basketball. She's playing softball. She's played soccer in the past. She's got a drawer full of ribbons and two dollar medals that she got for showing up and she doesn't look at them it means a lot to him for 15 like everything with a young kid means a lot to him for 15 minutes after you give it to him then they never look at the damn thing again so so throw all that out where my issue came in is the discussion turned into that just and you you brought it up in assailing me which you always have a funny way of doing <laughs> that just showing up is an accomplishment that's the one guy you were really going at it with that was his argument yeah. well one of these kids don't want to be here so just showing up and persevering is an accomplishment no it's not that means your dad's a jerk and he kept yeah. forcing you to go somewhere you didn't want to go he's trying to live through you again that trophy doesn't mean it just showing up isn't good enough it right. really really isn't if it was we'd be on the radio right now We'd right. be making millions of dollars a year doing this because we're too dumb to quit. Something yeah. we say after every episode is week after week, episode after episode, <laughs> here, the Fantasy Sports Network, bonus content, everything we do. We keep smashing our heads off that wall just thinking one of these days it's going to quit hurting because that's how dumb we are. So if just showing up and persevering is good enough, Rick, you and I are millionaires, yeah. buddy. I'm just waiting for my check to get here. here. That isn't how life works. Well, and that's the thing. Here's your monopoly money. Right. Yeah, you're rich now, yeah. pal. Well, guess what? what? what no, it, it don't mean? mean anything. That's where my issue. Don't make the argument that showing up every day is an It may be an accomplishment. It's not a victory. 
Exactly. It may prove that, that you're willing to do it. And you hear these good stories of people persevering through. But don't make the argument that we got to give the kid something because he didn't want to he- be here to begin with because you're doing the kid no good and you're doing your team no good <laughs> if you don't want to be there. Right. So there, as a, we- as a responsible coach, because he wanted to throw, well, if you were actually a coach, as a responsible coach, you'd have taken the old man aside and said, look, this kid doesn't want to be here. He's going to get himself hurt. He's going to hurt, get somebody on my team hurt. If he doesn't want to be here, stop bringing him. That's the responsible thing to do. Not wait for 16 weeks, hand him a trophy, and tell him good job for being drugged here by your nostril every single week. <laughs> That's where my issue with it came in. Yeah, exactly. And everything you said is great because – and then the thing about showing <laughs> – I lost my train of thought because I'm being drugged by his nostril. Well, that's what I picture. <laughs> I just you love know, it. Big fat bald yeah. dad, <laughs> yeah. who sucked in high school, yeah. and he says his kid maybe has a chance. You just you know give him the old hook him horns and drag him into practice. I agree. Kicking and screaming, he's going to get hurt or he's going to get someone else hurt. The responsible coach doesn't pat him on the head and say thanks for coming. It tells dad get this kid out of here before he gets himself or somebody else hurt. Exactly. You know that's that's a responsible thing to do. And, and like you said, I mean, if he doesn't want to be there to start with, you know, he certainly doesn't care if he gets that trophy no, for showing up. No, he don't want to be there. It means nothing you to know, him. You know, so why is that special? I mean, that that's, that is just like a totally ludicrous, oh, ludicrous argument. All right, let, let's get off all the Twitter trolls have taken over the first 15 minutes of this show, Rick. It's no good. We shouldn't let them get to me like that. Well, they got to me. That one got to me. Yeah. I mean, that was... Uh, you know, it was, you know, you, you know, people with that mentality, and, and I told him that, I said, you know, just keep setting the bar, bar low. Right. And, and then what do you get? And this is why, Rick, you've managed people, I don't know how recently you've done it, I've managed people very recently, and I'm managing people right now, and people want to argue this doesn't create the entitled ad, it does. If you're dealing with kids flat, fresh out of high school or fresh out of college, there is an entitlement attitude. You are to give it to them. The biggest feedback I always get is, well, I would like more praise when I do well. I'd like to know when I'm doing well. Guess what? On Friday when your paycheck gets yeah. there and you're not waddling out of this office with my size 12 between your cheeks, that's your praise. That means you're getting it done. Yeah. And that's the attitude we are. We reward you for just showing up. Right. We reward you for doing your best. Guess what? Sometimes your best ain't good enough. I'll go to this example. What you're hearing right now for the first, for in a long time, this is the best Flieger and Briggs has to offer. I'm guessing ESPN ain't going to call tomorrow. Call it a wild guess. Yeah. I'm guessing the phone isn't going to call. Maybe. Now, if we were 17 and 18 years old, I go cry to daddy. Daddy would sue all these networks until Sarah would go to social media and say, look, these unfair corporate greed won't give these guys a chance. That's just not how the world works, people. Right. Exactly. Like, again, five, six, seven, eight years old, you want to throw them a ribbon, you want to th- – I don't care. And, and you talk about – and you're one of these guys, a lot of it's tongue-in-cheek, but some of it's serious. You know, you talk about, well, the old-timers and this, that, right. and the other. But, you know, that kind of attitude, I mean, it takes away from, like, yeah, Vince Lombardi. You know, if winning isn't everything, why do we keep scoring? Yeah, what, what are we here for? Exactly. What's I the mean, point? That is the point. You know, that's why you play the game. You have a winner and a loser. Well, and I you mean, think- gee, even in hockey, they used to have ties. Right. They don't even have them no. anymore. When you think about it, sports, youth sports, up through and including the high school level, are simply about teaching life lessons. Every school district in the country is crying poor. They can't pay the teachers. They can't upgrade this. All these problems in the school districts, yet they all fund millions and millions of dollars for all sports. Why are they doing that? Right. What percentage of a kid from any individual high school is going to go to the pros? One every 20 years? So you're not grooming them for that. Sports is, in my opinion, the ultimate in life lessons. 
There's winners. There's losers. You have to put work in. You have to put enough work in just to get by. Sometimes putting all the work in and doing everything right still isn't going to get you ahead. Someone is always going to be better than you. That's a real important lesson to learn. No matter how good you are at what you do, somebody's always going to be better than you. You have to follow a structure. There's a leadership structure. There's an internal leadership structure. There's a boss in your coaches. There's a boss in the referees. That's why these schools pay for this. It's safe for football, major football and and Texas, no schools are making money off of this. They're shelling out millions of dollars. Tell me why they're doing that, if not to teach these very life lessons that we're saying are archaic and are awful things. If that's the reason, get rid of them. Make them all club sports. The high school shouldn't be doing it anymore. If you're taking the life lesson out of it, you're just throwing money away. i got to watch myself from cursing here. I'm getting wound up again. And and I'll tell you what, you look at it's one of these things that doesn't get enough recognition, I don't think. But you watch the final game of whatever playoff series it is in the NHL. What happens at the end? Somebody walks away. Well, no. Bloodied, battered, and a loser. The last game of the series, the deciding game. They line up and they They shake hands. They line up and they shake hands. They're all bloody. They're all tired. But you know what? There's there's one set of winners Mm -hmm. and there's one set of losers. But you know what? You shake their hand and, and you... Buckle up for next year. Right. And how many times have you, I, and any real sports fan out there said to each other, called a buddy, got on Twitter, got on the Facebook, got on anything, and said, wow, hats off, congratulations to whatever team just lost. What a great effort. Yeah. There's a lesson in it to everybody that could be learned from the losing team as well. Sure. That you look at teams that Chicago, Anaheim, if we're going to stick with the NHL, that series. When Anaheim goes off, you say, wow, that team deserved to win. But they didn't. And these, I almost cursed again, in some people's <laughs> world, we should have let them both go on because they both played so well and they do both tried yeah. so hard. There was a lesson to be learned in victory. There's a lesson to be learned in defeat. And we can't take that away from right. kids, especially at a developmental age, to your point when we get to junior high, high school. Again, give the five-year-old the medal. I don't care. I coach eight-year-old girls basketball. They get a medal at the end. But here's what we don't do. We don't celebrate, all right, guys, gather around. We only lost by 42. Here's your medal. Yay. It's, all right, we have a little, we sit down, we have some cake, we have some punch. Here you go, girls. I got you all a little something. It's not a victory thing. It's a gift from a coach. And I think that's where the line is. But when you get to these upper levels, it's got to stop. It's just got to stop. I remember I played in high school golf and um, as well, and I had a very – volatile golf coach who also taught in high school (laughs) nice and we uh lost to basically our arch rival the one week and and you don't want to do that with a volatile coach and back back in those days we played 18 whole matches and i blundered around i mean i was pathetic hung over and uh no i actually wasn't hung over i wish i was i probably would have played better the next day in class, <laughs> I was called out in class. Nice. I three-putted the last green and lost. And our team lost by half a point. <laughs> so it's your fault. I one-putt, we win. I two-putt, we tie. You three-putt, I three-putt you lose. we lost. <laughs> you get beat down in school. And I got called out in front of everybody. He called me out on the intercom. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I felt like an idiot. As you should. But you, you know what? what? What what did I do that night? Oh, you went you went putted. Oh, I you was putted putting all night. I was chipping. I hit golf balls right. till dark. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So you mean you didn't go home and tell your mom <laughs> yeah, right. and she didn't call and threaten to sue the exactly. school and the coach? That's, because I thought that's how you were supposed to do it. Yeah, it is. So, now so what you're apparently. telling me is you took it as a lesson and went and worked on your craft. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Uh, yes. That's absurd. Right? <laughs> I mean, were there no lawyers back then? What's yeah. going on yeah, here? Really. All right, Rick, we got to get off this. We're halfway through the show. Let's talk about horrible news today. Kelvin Benjamin, non-contact ACL injury out for the year. Devastating for Benjamin, obviously, and I think devastating for this entire Panthers offense. I do, too. I was really looking forward to this year offense. Cam Newton was elevated fantasy-wise for me a little bit this year. 
I mean, look, you had six foot five Calvin Benjamin. You had six foot four Devin Funches. You know, even though he's a rookie, I think that was going to be a great duo. And then, you know, hey, six foot five Greg Olson. I mean, he had some big targets. Right. I mean, the big one's down. Uh, the explosive one, the one that takes the top off the defense, the one who opens things up for Greg Olson, uh, he, he's gone. Right. It's a devastating blow. They don't have a running game. I, no. I'm sorry. No, I'm going to see Artis Payne by week six starting. Jonathan Stewart will not play the season. Call me stupid. Well, I will, but right I agree now. with you on this one. I mean, you're stupid, but, but you got this <laughs> okay, one I'll right. go with that one, too. But. <laughs> So not a lot to talk about there. LaShawn McCoy looks like he's going to be back week one dealing with a hamstring. Fred Jackson dealing with a hamstring. What a total mess offensively. With that great defense, what a mess offensively for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, yeah. I mean, what can you – kind of like the Jets were. Yeah, I mean, it seems to follow Rex Ryan around. Yeah. It's no quarterback. None. Ask and the GM. now play. it's all – I mean, before it was, okay, C.J. Spiller or Fred Jackson, no problem. And now it's just – there's four guys there. I mean, who is it? Um, uh, Dixon's got a calf injury, yeah. I think, as well. Um, and you said um, – Got Bryce Brown there. He's dealing with something. I can't remember what his injury anyway, is. But they're, they're just a total mess. And now you have to bank on LaShawn McCoy coming back from a hamstring for week one. You had 34-year-old Fred Jackson hamstring. Boy, that's scary. Don't care how how much of a man this guy is. I mean, a hamstring and 34-year-old running back, that's scary. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm not buying into Buffalo running back. Now, are we pushing the panic button too hard, or is this legitimate, Rick? I am right now Team Ajayi. Ajayi. <laughs> a little louder there, please. Ajayi. Team Ajayi and a team draft with our boy Waz from ffcouchcoach.com in Scott Fish's Toys for Tots team draft, where you team up with a with another individual. <laughs> Hold on, I'll wait, Rick. Go ahead, okay. push it again. Ajayi. There you go. go. Now you, you feel better about it. We are in. We are at pick three point eight. Mister McCoy is still on the board. I've passed him three times. No, I had the third pick, so really I passed him twice. Three eight. Are, are we going too far? Are we too afraid? Now, to be fair, this is one of them super flexes, so I started a massive quarterback run when I took Peyton Manning with 3-3. It's, it's getting absurd already. Yeah, yeah. So factor that in. How far has LaShawn McCoy fallen for you? Um, I think he's – I'll be real honest with you. Depending on, It's going to depend on how my draft goes. <coughs> Excuse me. It depends – how I go to start with. If I've got, I don't know, say I've gotten um, Des Bryant, and then I come back and trying to think of somebody real quick here to make some so sense if you took of this. Des Bryant, you're probably in the <laughs> six to eight range somewhere there. Okay. So then you're coming back at two, four, or five, somewhere in there. Let's give you. What are you looking? Are you looking at uh, Gronk, DeMarco Gronk? Murray, okay. Jordy Nelson? Yeah, so you're going to take Jordy Nelson. You've gone Des Jordy. You're sitting pretty. Okay. Now we're getting down to 3-8, you know, right what we're talking about. LaShawn McCoy's still on the board. I think you hop all over him at that point, right? Yeah, depends on who's there, but it sounds yeah, totally Yeah, I mean, four sets gone. I mean, you can't pass him off. You're, you're in Alfred Morris territory <laughs> now probably, and I'd probably still take him there. My issues with McCoy, though, aren't the injury. I don't know. I'm not sweating a ham. You always worry about a hamstring. Those things have a way of lingering. They say he's going to be all right come week one. I'm going to take him at their word that he's going to be all right come week one. My concern is that abysmal quarterback situation, the abysmal offensive line situation, the abysmal tight end situation. Uh, Clay's interesting, I guess, but he's not a blocking type of guy. You just wonder how much opportunity there is for a guy like McCoy. Behind a good offensive line, Rick, McCoy's interesting because with these terrible quarterbacks, you're dumping the ball off to a guy like McCoy a lot. I just don't know what it's going to look like. I'm less concerned about the injury and more concerned just how bad that that offense is going to be in Buffalo. And you got guys like Williams making noise, Dixon making noise. You get Fred Jackson banged up, give one of these guys – they're saying they're going to limit his work a little bit. I'm getting real more and more cautious on LaShawn McCoy as the days pass. 
I don't trust Rex Ryan's offenses when it gets right down to it. I mean, you know, Chris Johnson went to New York. And, I mean, it's always somebody ivory, you know, Belil Powell. Right. You know, it was Chris Johnson last year. Now they picked up, you know, a plethora with the Jets there. But now, I mean, it seems to be crowded in a Buffalo all of a sudden. And, you know, they picked up McCoy. You know, McCoy's intriguing. I mean, I, I love the guy. 1,600 yards and 13, 1,300 yards and 14. And his average is always good. So, I mean, you know what you're going to get with him. I'm kind of concerned what I'm going to get carry-wise. Right, exactly. I don't know. Because Rex Ryan isn't afraid to just distribute it evenly three ways. We've seen him do it. Right. On the plus side, they have no quarterback. So, I mean, I think he's going to improve. They're going to have to dump off to him. You would think so. And everything. I just – I don't know. There's pluses and minuses in this whole situation. I think, barring the injury, mid-second, if he wasn't hurt. Okay. You know, but with his hammy, I think right at, at three eight, you talking about in that leg, somebody's going to snap him up. Yeah, he he's can't go, go any far. He's too talented for that. I don't think he falls to the fourth. So, Rick, let's play the game here a little bit. I'll start mid-second round, as you brought up. Let's skip Murray. I think that's an easy one. LaShawn McCoy, I'm just using this draft. LaShawn McCoy, Jeremy Hill. Jeremy Hill. LaShawn McCoy, Justin Forsett. McCoy. See, I think I'm there as well, but Forsett's gone ahead of him. These these guys haven't. I'm not going to throw in the rookies. Foster's hurt. LaShawn McCoy, Lamar Miller. That's when we were talking yeah, we about off discussion. the discussion. Yeah, I'm leaning Lamar Miller. I, I think so. Just looking at the numbers, more even. touchdowns, and you know, I mean, I just think it's 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 still Lamar Miller. It's not Ajayi, <laughs> and so I've got to go Lamar Miller. All right, Lashawn McCoy, Mark Ingram, McCoy, Lashawn McCoy, Alfred Morris, Morris, Lashawn McCoy, Frank Gore, Gore. Okay, so we might be pushing with you throwing these out there, Rick. We're pushing McCoy close to the fourth, I guess is the point. Yeah, LaShawn McCoy, Latavius Murray. I think he's going to be the floor here before we get into the next level. You have to go McCoy. Just based track record. I think Murray could easily outperform him, but on track record, I wouldn't have the guts to pull the Yeah, I mean, I wrote an article about um, undervalued players, and Latavius Murray was one of them. Look, he's with Oakland. It's a stigma with Oakland, but I'll tell you what, this kid, everything he showed last year, it's his job. There's no challenge to him. Right. right? Certainly in Trent Richardson, you saw that one preseason game. You know, the holes you could drive a truck through, and he was missing them, going the other way. I mean, that, was, like, that I, picture I just, yeah. was the most fantastic thing. I mean, you had 12 guys wadded in one area yeah. and 60 <laughs> yards to his left, yeah. and he stuck his head in that pile. Yeah. I've never seen anything like I see missing a hole. You know, I'm holding my hands about a foot and a half apart. I can see missing that hole. Yeah. Your vision just isn't good as other people. If you miss a 60 yard hole, we we got issues. We got yeah, big issues. And and there's a reason why some guys start over other guys. Right. And simple as that. Some people got it. Some people don't. Right. Pure and simple. So I think back to the point, though. You know, we're halfway through the show. We have not gotten to any pitfalls. Oh, we'll get there. <laughs> we'll let, let's wrap this up. I want right. to tie this one up with a bow. I think gotcha. This, this is a good conversation. This isn't just us ranting. But based on that list of guys I gave you, and we're taking Miller, and we're taking Frank Gore, and I can't remember, there's a couple others that you were taking over McCoy. We're getting dangerously close to late third or an early fourth round price tag on LaShawn McCoy based on the players that you're putting ahead of him when we list them out like that. Yeah, it's true. You know, I mean, I think he's precarious when healthy. You add a hammy to it. It makes some of these guys look a much more – I tell you what, I, I go back to that exercise that I always tell and you know, the average player or the beginning player. Okay. I always like to go back. If you're deciding, you know, between backs, you know, just for example, Gore, McCoy. Okay, well, McCoy naturally would be your choice. 
but he's injured. You're not real sure what to do. I'm looking at the Colts, and I always rate them on a one to five. Offensively, the Colts are a five. Right. The Bills are like point one point seven five, perhaps. Yeah. I mean, maybe not even one right now. Right. And I use always that as my floor, but I mean, if there's an offense that may not be a one right now, it could be them. So therefore, Gore over McCoy right now, especially he's healthy. Right. The Colts they've got so many weapons; it's not even funny. And I just think, even if he doesn't get the carries and so forth, there's so much more work and availability of fantasy success for Frank Gore. Then McCoy slugging it out because all they're going to worry about is stopping the run. I agree, and I think this will segue nicely into the draft pitfalls here 35 minutes into the show. <laughs> but I think we can transition out of that into this. And this may be one in terms of drafting. You know, I think this is a pitfall. This isn't one I jotted down. But drafting a guy based solely on reputation or solely on name. Now. This comes into a value drafting type of situation, too. I'm worried enough about LaShawn McCoy that I'm not going to take him in the first, and I'm not going to take him in the second round because probably in either case he's going to be my number one running back. Now, if he's getting to the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, I'm going to be a lot more apt to take the risk on him there with the upside of him being LaShawn McCoy because if it doesn't pan out, he's not going to crush me there. If I take him at 2-3, he's going to crush my entire season. Exactly. If I take him at 4-3, I can probably overcome that. So, all right, Rick. Well, yeah, let, A lot let, of guys, you know, they say, well, what are you talking about, Rick? Well, what he's talking about at 2-3, if he happened to go um, LaShawn McCoy, you could have gotten Calvin Johnson. Right. Rob Gronkowski. Jordy Nelson. Heck, Aaron Rodgers. Right. That's what we're talking about as far as value drafting. He's not worth that just on name recognition anymore. And, and that's it, number one. And look at it positionally as well. So we're talking about 3-7. So I picked 1-7. So I went ahead at 1-7. Say I took Dez or I took Demarius. Right. Okay. I took somebody like that. I spun back around, I took Marshawn, or I'll take DeMarco, or I'll take somebody like that. Now when I'm sliding down in the third round, and I'm looking at LaShawn, I'm going to take him there, and i got the short turnaround to come back. So I can get an equally valued, less of a risk player almost to hedge that bet. Whereas if I'm taking him early in the second... Say I've got the second pick, and in the second round I take LaShawn McCoy. Now it's 78 picks, it feels like, before it comes back around to me. The level of player has dropped so significantly. You've got to factor that in when you draft as well, when your next pick is coming, if you're going to take a risk, if you need to hedge that risk. That, that's something I factor in, which is why I never like picking in the middle, which until this year I always did. Now I can't get away from slot one, two, or three. I've never <laughs> picked lower than that in anything. I've done nine drafts over. It's one of the harder year. years to draft early. Right, yeah, I hate it. You know, any other year where you want to be in the top four or five, I'm at seven where I live, or nine. So, But I think you factor that in and how long you're going to have to wait. You're not going to take a risk on a McCoy as your number one back when it's 34 picks until you're up again. Right. You can't do it. Now, I can take him as my number two when I got a pick and seven picks. I feel more comfortable with that. I can hedge it. It's not going to absolutely kill me. I agree. All right, now we like were in a full show already. Jeez. We were going to talk about draft pitfalls. I oh, mean, yeah. there's a lot of people drafting now, at least, you know, a week before or whatever. I mean, you're prepping for your fantasy draft. Instead of just going, well, you should draft yeah. Adrian Peterson first. Oh, Border Dash, you should draft <laughs> nonsense, <laughs> I tell you. I challenge you to a duel. Yeah, you should draft Le'Veon Bell. Oh, Border Dash, Jamal Charles. Right. Oh, my. You know how many people want that? This is why we're never going to go anywhere. There's that's so many right. of these nerd nicks. That's what they want. And it's just not me. It's not us. No, this not, isn't not the show the for you if that's what you want. Right. And if you don't get our shtick, you know, by mispronouncing names and having fun with it, like, Ajayi. Yeah. Then piss off. That's what I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Yeah, 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 just wrap it up go. in a neat little bow. There All you right. go. Anyhow, All right. Let's go back Rick. to pitfalls. Okay. Is that like Pratt Falls? 
What is a pratfall? I've heard the term, like but I don't know what it or is. Something. Oh, is it? Yeah, I think. Okay. Yeah. Well, we do plenty of that. Dude. Yeah, that's true. A lot of nonsense on this show, indubitably, which I like. Okay, now there's, and there is kind of like a standing rule. I mean, this get your feel on this because it's kind of going into a, a, a backfield. Neither one of us are too excited about. How do you feel about? And I'm going to try to. Most likely, Andre Ellington is a starter for the Cardinals. Right. Okay. In theory. And that's what you want generally when you're drafting your team. You know, you certainly want starting running backs. Right. Would you draft Ellington or Gio Bernard? Oh, Gio Bernard all day. In PPR. All day. Gio Bernard or... Oh... Not Gio Bernard, excuse me. Andre Ellington or, oh, boy, Frank Gore. Frank Gore. I'm trying to think of somebody that's a little different, kind of like a Gio Bernard. Um, you know, not just because a guy's designated a starter, I guess, is right. the point. Don't fall into that, well, i got to get this guy in whatever round it is. If a guy like Gio Bernard's there, I'm I got trying, you. Trying to think of somebody. Don't overthink the, the right. RBBC situation because in some situations the committee is better. We talked about on the Fantasy Sports Network show, uh, one o'clock Saturday, one o'clock p.m. Saturday Eastern right. Time, FantasySportsNetwork.com, Cablevision Channel One Forty Seven. Check that out. We had a long conversation on Amir Abdullah, and this will sort of dovetail. Yeah, there you go. This will sort of dovetail into into my pratfall when we get into there. Now I'm saying pratfall, yeah. pitfall. Good lord, <laughs> I don't know why you do this to me. I'm not smart enough. <laughs> but the the car, I won't go through the whole Abdullah thing. You have your opinion on Abdullah. I'm not going to change it. I need more of a body of work from him to make a firm decision. Anyhow. But we compared, we were trying to compare Joyke Bell and Abdullah to other situations right. in the league. And I think what we landed on is we want to compare it ideally to Joyke Bell and Reggie Bush. Can, right. can he become the Reggie Bush of two years ago to the Joyke Bell of two years ago? That's a perfect situation. Let's just say we know or we're confident that's going to happen. I'm not yet, but let's say we're confident. I'll tell you what, two more preseason games like I saw last week, and I'm going to be confident in saying that. If we can get Bell back healthy, I'm going to take Abdullah over a guy like Ellington, who is the clear number one, right. and a guy, for me, a Jonathan Stewart, a lot of clear number ones yeah. out there. I'm going to take the second guy, especially in PPR formats, the Gio Bernards that you bring up, just because they're in an RBBC yeah. doesn't diminish their value all Shane the time. Shane Vereen. Shane Vereen is right. an interesting character. I think I'm going to take Vereen over Ellington. Now, Ellington's a bad example because I'm out. I've washed my hands yeah. of that, that Cardinal situation in general. But I, I get your point. Don't shy. People shy. Bernard's the most surprising to me. He disappointed last year. Jeremy Hill emerged. I think he was nicked up. I think you got both these guys in healthy. I think Jeremy Hill's going to be a solid, solid <laughs> number two running back, high-end number two. I think in a PPR format, Gio Bernard's going to be right there with him. It's going to be the classic Ricky Williams-Brown situation. Yeah, Ronnie Brown. It's going to be the the uh, Reggie Bush and, yeah, good Lord. Joy Bell. Joy Bell okay, situation. Right. Yeah, well, well, you know, Bernard got banged up a little bit last year. Cincinnati it was kind of a, a, a weird year. We saw the emergence of Hill. Bernard was banged up a little bit. A.J. Green was banged up. You know, Andy Dalton's Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, yeah, is Andy Dalton. But in his defense, if he played with the same pace of yards per game that he had, if he played a full season, he'd have been on pace for about 860 yards. He already he did have 680 yards, five touchdowns, 43 catches, and what, about 350 yards and another two touchdowns. We'll project that out. Yeah, not huge, but it was kind of a weird sort of bad year with the, with Cincinnati anyway. I'm just looking. I tell you what, I can see Hernard Hernard Hill and Bernard easily could be you know, 1500 yards and 1200 yards. Oh, yeah. You know. Could total. 
I think total. Yeah. Bernard's not going to exactly. rush Exactly. No, no, no. That's what I'm talking about. Easily 1,500, 1,200 yards. Easily. Give me 1,200 yards, six or seven touchdowns out of Bernard. I have drafted him in the sixth or seventh round of every stinking draft I've done this yeah. year. I will take that all day. I will slide him into a flex and put my feet up and love life. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right, let's talk. Let's examine the run a little bit, Rick. That, that's one. Speaking of heated discussions on Twitter, I got in one when we were out in Canton. You had to talk me off the ledge as I'm tweeting in the Walmart parking lot without going into too many details, starting to fight out there. <laughs> I'm torn on this one. All right, conventional wisdom, Rick, and I agree with this by and large. Start to run. Don't end it. Don't be in the middle of it. That said... Be cognizant of the run. Be cognizant of – don't be so rigid in that, that because – What he means by a run is because three three quarterbacks are taken, all of a sudden you have to take one. Just wanting to clarify right. that for people yeah. that wasn't sure what you were now, talking about. Now, in certain – in these super flex and these wacky uh, – it seems like every draft I'm in this year, tight ends are getting 87 points per reception and all this wacky nonsense – that's causing weird runs. Let's just examine your standard one quarterback, two, three, flex, okay. D, and, and kicker. Uh, j- just something like that. At some point in your regular old draft with your with your old drinking buddies, you know, Andrew Luck and Aaron Rodgers are going to be gone. You're going to get about the fifth, sixth round, and Peyton's going to go. Let's assume Brady says suspension gets reduced. He's going to go. And all of a sudden, eight of your next 11 picks are going to be quarterbacks. If you're that 12th man, you're getting nervous. I understand it, Rick. You can't hop on, you know, we're down to Phil Rivers now or Tony Romo. You can't do it. Pay attention to here's what you got to watch during a run. If, if, say, a quarterback's real important in your league based on your scoring system and three or four have gone and the five or six guys after you – don't have a quarterback and you can see the run coming this is where i say break from tradition and go ahead and join the run because if you feel that most of those guys after you're going to take one you're going to put yourself in a rough spot now that being said if you look at the five or six guys after you and they already have a quarterback don't jump into the run so many people waste a pick there where nobody's going to take a second quarterback you wouldn't think if they do good Good. You're going to be without a quarterback, but you're going to beat all these teams by 20 every time you play them. So you got to pay attention to to why the run is starting and what's coming after you. And if you're concerned about a quarterback, they happen mostly with quarterbacks and tight ends. I don't consider seven or eight running backs or seven or eight receivers going off the board in a row a run. That That's drafting. That's what it is. That's not positional-based. It's your quarterbacks and your tight ends. If these are very important positions, positions you need to fill – don't get caught up in the run just because the run's going on. Pay attention to what's going on after you and what's right. going to be available coming back around. Don't take that second player. That, well, that that's a different one. I, I'll stop there. That's going to be my next one. You go ahead, Rick. No, I agree. I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. Going in, into that run like you were talking about, just for an example, say the you know you, the Rodgers and Luck are already gone. Well, then it starts with Peyton, and then right. all of a sudden you see Brady go, and mm-hmm. then you see Roethlisberger go, then you see Breeze go, then you see Russell Wilson go, and then now all of a sudden you're sitting here thinking, man, I, I need a quarterback. I better grab a quarterback. And you're looking like you said, okay, I don't know. I'm just reaching here. Okay, Tony Romo or Cam Newton, or Cam Newton somebody right. like that. But. You're also sitting there, you know, you need to pay attention. Maybe um, Greg Olson's there. And you're only going to have a few picks coming back. Right. And you're still going to get Tony Romo or, exactly. or whoever it is. Or maybe by some weird thing, yeah, you already have a running back and a nice wide receiver. Well, maybe, I don't know, a Randall Cobb still sitting here. I'm just, you know, just theorizing. Be cognizant of who is there. Not just what quarterbacks, you know, and you're worried about not getting a quarterback. Look, I'll, I'll take Randall Cobb and, and Greg Olson any day and then pick up Ryan Tannehill from a quarterback. Right. And if, if you're in a 12-team league and you're in the seventh round and the quarterback run just happened and 10 teams have their quarterback, whoever those 11 and 12 are, there's no difference. 
to make right. it worth jumping on that pick. So the point being there then is not only do you skip the run, let it go for a couple of rounds. Continue to draft value. Predict it's going to be 13-14 before these guys start looking at backup quarterbacks by and large. Like I said, if three or four guys want to do it, yeah, that's going to pwn you in terms of your quarterback position. But these teams are going to be so weak because they're going to have mm-hmm. 45 points a week of quarterbacks sitting on the bench. Let them do that. That's fine. We can live with that. And I've seen it. A lot of times, and you brought up a great point with the positional things. Say you happen to, go, you know, they had had that little quarterback run, and you happen to go whatever Jimmy Graham or Greg Olson. I guarantee you that quarterback run has just stopped, right? And you just started. Now you tight started end, the tight end, which run. is the asterisk at the beginning of the whole conversation. Start runs, right? So it all comes together. So I'm not saying don't be so rigid that. Three or four players at this positional area have gone. I'm absolutely not going to look at it. Don't be that rigid because it could hurt you there. And in that that one draft and that super flex, it may have hurt me. I'm still confident in the other players I picked up to pick up the slack. Which so I could watch this all day as Rick waves empty beer bottles up trying to get the just very last bitter drop out of all of them. we got to get this show over with quick so Rick can make a beer run here real quick. I've completely lost my train of thought now, Rick. We only got 10 minutes left. That, let's move <laughs> off this. I think everybody knows what we were talking about. Yeah, okay. Whatever. But anyway, yeah, start runs. You know, don't end them. Or, or end them, but don't be in the middle of right. them. You know, don't don't continue them. All right. Boy, I tell you, this has just been one of those shows, isn't it? Oh, yeah. We, we got time. Man. I know. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, we I'm have covered fun. a lot. I got other rants in the back of my head I could go off on, but I feel like we got to get a little more fantasy content. You got a lot here. of stuff in the back of your head. I, well, yeah. That's where most stuff lives. Okay, I'm going to give you – I think we kind of vary in the strategy. Okay, it, it, good. It I like bears that. talking about. All right. I like <coughs> – pardon me. I like drafting a team and just, you know, we're talking, you know, the redraft, PPR, so forth, one flex, none of this super flex stuff and yeah, everything. Normally, because going on this year. there's so many, you know, different, varied things. But in regular draft, I like having, <clears throat> say, I drafted, just for example, I don't know, Ben Roethlisberger. Okay. So he's going to be my quarterback. When I complete my draft, I've got my bi-week quarterback on my team. If I have, say, I've drafted Martellus Bennett for tight end, I've got probably whoever, just pick somebody, an Owen Daniels or Jordan Cameron on my team already when I draft. You, conversely, don't necessarily draft many backups. No. I I mean, when it comes to those positions. And, you know, I, I think it's just, Bears, I like having, I like knowing my quarterback. I don't like, okay, I got Ben Roethlisberger week six, I'm on a bye, and then after week five, I'm going to pick somebody up. I don't like doing that because, consequently, in most leagues, you have to drop somebody. Right. And if I've had, say, a couple of injuries or or maybe bye weeks, you know, you miscalculate or whatever, but say you have an injury – or two in your running back situation or wide receiver, whatever. chances are you may have to drop somebody you really don't want to to pick up the substitute to get a player in there. Okay. I try to like – and it's just me. It's personal. I'm not saying I'm right and anybody else is wrong and this, that, or the other. It's just something to think about. I kind of like that peace of mind knowing, okay, if I got Martellus Bennett – Number one, if he goes down, I've already got a guy who I've chosen. Right. I don't have to go out in that free agent wire and try to find somebody. Or B, on a bye week, I've got him, and I don't have to go out and drop somebody that, you know, maybe I really don't want to get rid of. I mean, you know, be it a, I don't know, pick somebody, a Danny Woodhead who's really not starting. But, you know, come week 9, 10, 11, 12, he may be a vital part of my staff. You're right. Where it comes to me, and I think where it fits into to this discussion that we're having is, I don't, I never seek out these backups, but I never deliberately avoid them. And this is something best player available. Perhaps here, here's where, and actually, here, here's a little hint if you're drafting against me, and a, and a lot of you are in different formats. 
If you see me draft a backup quarterback and a backup tight end in rounds 13, 14, somewhere in there, I'm feeling really good about my team. I'm looking at that roster and seeing nobody I, you know, injury aside, I'm willing to put out on the waiver wire. It's if things aren't going the way I expected them to, Rick, and this is a strategy I would recommend. If you're not real comfortable, if you took some reaches, if you took some risks, I say I'm going to go ahead, right? roll with the quarterback and tight end I have, play that waiver wire when I have to, and load up on the back end hoping to strike gold somewhere. That's quite honestly my strategy. And that is a contrast in strategies. I mean, we've talked about this over the years. If you're new to listening to us, Rick's more for swinging for the fence on the guy. Yeah, it was like Cordell Patterson get me out of the playoffs in every damn league I was in last year. Not that I'm bitter or anything. And I'm... I don't know. I don't know what my the more conservative, steady yeah. Eddie sort of yeah, you're, sort of thing. You're, you're conservative. It, I'll give you that. So, you know, I mean, it's just whatever style suits you. I think more than what's right or what's wrong. Right. Yeah, I like that. All right, Rick. We got about five minutes left. We may run a little over. I want to get one more out. We're allowed to. Yeah, we can because even that. though uh, you know we're not being called by any of these networks, we're on our own. That's it's right. Island Sports can... Network, and we do what the hell that's we want. Right? And it's not like uh, you're clamoring. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that sort of puts a capper on that. I'm trying to think of the best way to put this, with all of the information out there, all the goofy statistical analysis, and it all has a place. It, it really does. Don't get so caught up and any of these statistical analysis, and specifically ADP. We have become so ADP insane in the fantasy world these days. And I think it could work to your detriment. And here's my point. Sort of what we talked about earlier with paying attention to where you are in the draft and where your next pick's going to be. Let's say, let's use Abdullah, because I think he's going to be the, the hot-button guy the rest of this preseason. Let's say, right or wrong, this is a guy you are hot on. And I believe his ADP is about the top of the fourth, right, Rick? I Some, think so. Somewhere I'd in there. Look at, yeah. Now, I'm not advocating Abdullah any earlier than that. So, disclaimer right there. This is a guy you're hot on. This is a guy you want. And you're at the top or the bottom of your draft. And this is a guy you're targeting. And if you skip him, these 20-some-odd picks that come after you, you know he's not going to be around. Don't get so caught up in ADP and value drafting that the if this is a guy you believe in, you want, feel free, go ahead and make that move. Look, you could miss big, and maybe this comes back to the conversations we have of you being more conservative, me being more of a risk taker. What I'm saying is don't pass on a guy you've been targeting, you've been researching, that you feel good about, that you feel is going to be a vital part of your team because he's seven or eight picks ahead of his ADP. And this happens so often. And you hear it on these nerd Nick shows that you all love to listen to while you're ignoring us. And you, you want us to talk like this, and you want us to just read numbers at you. If you want to draft that way, you're going to miss out. If you draft that way, you didn't have Adrian Peterson in his rookie year. You didn't have LaDainian Tomlinson in his rookie year. All right, so, so the point being, don't get so caught up in this that don't be afraid to be mocked a little bit. And I see it in all these drafts I do with all the nerd nicks that I do these drafts with. There's a guy you like. You take him. What's the first thing you hear on Twitter, Rick? Well, you took him at 311. His ADP's 4'7". What do you think? Shut up. How about that? Yeah. that that's my response to that. <clears throat> Shut up, egghead. How about that? All right. <laughs> yeah. So the point being, you know, don't reach three rounds. ADP's a good guide of about where somebody should go. But if you're within a round either way, and this is a guy you firmly believe in, or if it's a guy you don't believe in, don't take a guy because you think he's the best value. <laughs> Jonathan Stewart, for me, is the example. So, I don't know what his ADP is. I'm going to make it up that his AB, oh, you got it? 4-7. All right, he's at 4-7. If somehow he falls to 5-7, and I'm picking at 5-7, 
I'm still not drafting Jonathan Stewart. By the numbers, he's the best value. By the numbers. To hell with the numbers is what I say. I want no parts of this. And it works both directions. Don't get so caught up in this analysis and that jerks like us are throwing all, bombarding you with all this information. Take the information, craft a draft strategy, target players, take them where you, at the very last spot you can take them and know you're, they're going to be available to you. Don't get so caught up in ADP. Right. Use it as a tool right. for your draft. But go into the draft. You own the team. So you put your stamp on it. You get, <clears throat> excuse me, who you want. Like Rick's saying, if, if you are really eyeing Todd Gurley and say, for example, you're, I don't know, you drafted, um, I'll say, four. All right. Number four, something like that. And it's the third round. You know, you, you use it as a tool Todd Gurley is going in the early fifth right now. So you don't need to take him in the second. And you're early in the third, so chances are you'll probably get him in the fourth round. I mean, it's a gamble, but use it as a tool. If you want him, <clears throat> grab him. It's simple as that. And, and it's um, value-based drafting is who the value is to you. If you are targeting Andre Johnson because he moved to Indianapolis, who's currently going like 4-8. And right now you're drafting at 3-11. Grab him. If you want him. Because he's if not going to be him. there. Or if you're at 3-5, right. maybe. And, and, you know, and you want him, grab him. If you think you, know, you need him on your team and you don't want to take the chance. That's not a three-round reach. Right. Okay. You know, use it as a guide. Be, like Rick says, don't don't go crazy on, but don't draft him in the first round either. Because yeah. you know, but don't get so caught. How many conversations have we had with somebody in this in- industry, and you say something as benign as, you know what, Rick, I'm I really like Alfred Morris this year. This is a guy I'm targeting. This is a guy I'm high on, and you will be bombarded by seven people who will say stuff like. Well, yes, but his seven-game splits per carry analytics minus this, the standard deviation. Shut up. Shut up. As in Thursdays when it rained right. and, and, it was, and it was horrifying. If you get that caught up in it. Mosquitoes. Because here's what happens. Here's the point. He didn't run well. If you end up following just the analytics, just the numbers, here's what you're going to do. Go to your favorite website. Print out their 1 to 250 list, and you're just going to have to check them off in order. And regardless of the makeup of your right. team, just write down the order. And maybe that'll work for you. Maybe there's somebody out there who's that genius. I haven't met them yet, but maybe there's that guy out there. you got to structure it. If basically, if you put 47,000 hours into doing all the analytics, all you're going to be doing is following the ADP chart of your favorite site. That's all you're going to be doing. It's all wasted time. So if all of that is all that's important to you, just do that. Use your go, gut. Go to your website, print that out, be the guy sitting there scratching crap off at the draft, and whoever's the highest on that list, go up, put that sticker on, and be done. My best advice for, for anybody drafting Listen to us, of course. Well, obviously. But take the information that you get in different places. Put it up there in that little noodle of yours. Agree or disagree. But, I mean, if, if, if 40 guys are, are telling you that Latavius Murray is going to start running back for Oakland, probably believe that. Right. But what then we're pay, saying, place your own value on that though. Well, what yeah, does that mean to you? Exactly. And I tell you, I, I can't repeat it enough. Go through that little mental exercise and and go down and rate every single team in the NFL one to five. And and that's just a simple way. As far as, as the, the offenses go, you know, Green Bay's a five offense wise. Pittsburgh's a five. Buffalo's a point five. Okay, yeah. but I mean it, so rate them that way. That's a little bit of a guide. But put your stamp on it. Get who you want. 
win or lose by your picks, right. not by my picks right. or Rick's picks or any other of these schmoes out yeah. here's picks. And believe me, we're all schmoes, yeah. every one of us. Sure. You could do what we do. We put a little more time in it than you. Keep listening. Understand I was quite, that. But I'm wrong. I was what? taken down last year. Yeah. I mean, I was undefeated in all of our listener leagues for over a year. Yeah. <laughs> the elusive prize. Yeah. I wonder if those guys, you mailed that stuff. Yes, oh, I did. The prize packs finally went out. Yeah, I haven't returned them. So, I mean, yeah, you I was know, like, with any bad to, letters. I was waiting them. to get an attaboy from Dean. Only nine months later. Thanks, guys. You yeah, know what Maybe I mean? he wasn't too impressed with it. it. Yeah, it wasn't pretty, but it's, no. it's been a lean year here. So, yeah, understand that, please. <laughs> <laughs> really, the, the, the swag uh, budget isn't what it was in years past. Yeah, unfortunately. you got that. Okay, all right, we are out of time. Let's get out of here, Rick. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Rick, that's the kind of show you're going to get when you come to the Asylum if we have any new listeners. If, if you want all numbers, we ain't your guys. If you want to have fun, if you want to have discussion, we encourage you to hit us yeah. up at Asylum Football. We encourage you to call into the show, interact with us. We're going to have a little fun now and again. Yeah. So check us out. Hey, we have plenty of numbers, but we just don't like quoting them. Yeah, yeah. You, you can do that yourself. Let's right. have a little fun in the process. Like I said, Saturday, 1 o'clock Eastern, FantasySportsNetwork.com. Check out It's another show there a little more analytical for you real hardcore fantasy guys otherwise good luck in your drafts hit us up at asylum football asylum football at gmail.com for any questions you have in the meantime otherwise next tuesday same time same channel till then we'll see you take care it's kind of show I get to purge a little bit, Rick. I feel better. I'm glad you did. I'm a little exhausted, but I feel better. Oh, yeah, you get rather emotional. I do. I got to get off the Twitter, man. I'm telling you. I let them, I let them psych me up. They, you let them suck I know. Yeah, they're the out there trolling. They're trying to do that, and I'm buying right into it. <laughs> you know what I recommend? It has nothing to do with this song, but it brought me to mind. I went and saw uh, Straight Outta Compton over the weekend. For the first time I've been in a movie theater in years. I recommend it, even if that's not your vibe, and I'm sure it's not yours. What, a movie theater? Yeah. Well, the movie, Straight Outta Compton. Oh, Oh, is that the one about the NWA old... movie? Huh? The NWA movie, Dre and Ice yeah, Cube. Yeah, right, you're right. A really good movie. Was it? Excellent. Oh, that's cool. Amazing story. You get the background of something like that. Well, I always I was dig. big into that music scene. You, know, you yeah. wouldn't think to look at me, but that was my thing in yeah. the early 90s. Well, I never was into it, obviously, but, uh, I mean, I was a old rock and roll guy, but I just like stuff like that. Bro, it, it's interesting. You know, and it, what and I've it, heard, it's fairly accurate. And it doesn't matter. I mean, I love watching, you know, the, the background stories of Elvis or, you know, like this, you know, Dr. Dre. And right. it, it doesn't matter. I like seeing how people... How do you get there? Exactly. How do you get there? Right. Exactly. Everybody comes from humble beginnings. That always blows you away. Yeah. You know the amazing thing, and it, it happened to these guys in this movie, but it happens, there's so many stories, that it happens almost overnight. You grind forever, but yet overnight then, just bang. Yeah. yeah hopefully that happens for us someday. Probably not. Yeah, yeah banging your head against the wall. That's <laughs> what you're doing. All right, we probably ought to get out yeah, of here. Yeah, let's go. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.